Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Welcome in. I'm Kainani Stevens. This is the NFL Key Predictions. Every week there are games in the NFL that stand out on the schedule. There's comeback stories, divisional matchups, straight through Sunday night, and ending with Monday night's finale. NFL Key Predictions gets you ready for primetime each and every week. We kick things off with an AFC North battle on Sunday as the Pittsburgh Steelers visit the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for the first time since 2004, the Steelers will not be let out on the field by Ben Roethlisberger at QB. Now they are handing it over to Mitchell Trubisky as the signal caller under center. Joe Burrow and the Bengals come into it, into 2022 at least, trying to accomplish what only eight other teams have done in the NFL and that's take home a championship after coming up just short in the big game. Jake Liskow, James Rapine, and Chris Carter have your coverage. Going back to where we started the show, the biggest story for these teams is Mitch Trubisky starting a quarterback and bringing a real unpredictable element to this game. It's been Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh for so long, a new starting quarterback taking over that we haven't really seen play a whole lot of football since he was run out of Chicago and forced into the life of a glorious or, or glorified backup, one of the more sought-after backups in his free agency period. But he's taking over for the Steelers, and, and that is going to have a big impact on this game. And on the other side of things, the Cincinnati Bengals rolling out a remade offensive line that will be trying to establish the run potentially early in this game with Joe Mixon as they try to find time for these guys to gel. As we've mentioned, they did not get on the field together in the preseason. Mike Tomlin mentioned that he needs to see how those guys play together. And honestly, so do the Bengals and Bengals fans, as we've talked about on Lockdown Bengals, one of the big answers we're looking for in this game is this the first time this remade offensive line for the Bengals gets on the field together we've also talked about some of the big matchups in this game and Chris if you want to hit that again from the Steelers perspective as we recap our show what do you got I mean, a big matchup. I think one thing you pointed out is can they protect Mitch Trubisky? That's going to be interesting. I also think a huge matchup is how these Steelers corners match up with the Bengals wide receivers. The Bengals wide receivers are a better group, but this is a group that when I asked Mike Tomlin, what's your biggest confidence point about the, about these Steelers cornerbacks? He said they're, they're above the neck ability. They think well. They're all veterans. All of them have like four, five, six years of experience. They don't have to question them. They know, hey, you know where to be. You know that this is on you. Get it done and just don't give up the big play if the Steelers can limit the the Bengals receivers like Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd if they can keep those guys from ripping off the head of the defense with those deep balls and allow Minka Fitzpatrick to play in more of a roaming role where he doesn't have to support one person like he did in the past when it was Ross Cockrell or it was Artie Burns or it was Cody Sensabaugh all these guys Levi Wallace Akella Witherspoon Cam Sutton they're confident that these guys can hold down those spots as long as they don't get picked on I'm not saying that they won't give up decent yards in this game but as long as they don't get picked on and abused I think that that's another big factor that can play into this game uh, along with shutting down Joe Mixon and we'll all remember from that week or that week three contest last year Jamar Chase's 34 yard touchdown catch Mm -hmm. going into the half that proved to be a pretty decisive factor in that game it was seven to seven at that point going into halftime in a game the Bengals ended up winning 24 to 10 James we've talked about some matchups from the Bengals perspective that we talked about on lockdown Bengals as well what let's just recap that biggest matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals this week 
Well, it's certainly the offensive line and and how they match up with the defense. And so that's, it's the the story. It's the story that surrounds the Bengals because no one is questioning how great the skill players are or Joe Burrow. Well, I guess some out there still question Joe Burrow, but that's silly at this stage. Um, So yeah, you look at it, this offense should be really, really good this year. And, and so it comes down to this offensive line. And if this offensive line brings the edge that I think the Bengals are expecting, then they should have one of the better offenses in the league. And I think the defense goes under the radar. So it's going to be fun to see them go out there against a, a really talented Steelers team, even on offense. I know people are talking about Mitch Trubisky and I would have went with Kenny Pickett personally, but there's still plenty of time to go with him. And so we'll see because a guy like Mitch Trubisky is dangerous in this role where you haven't had any Pittsburgh film. I get preseason, but it's preseason. Any true Pittsburgh film on him, there could be some wrinkles. And so Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator, is going to need to be ready. So a lot of storylines that could, that could come out of this one. And uh, it's a big AFC North matchup. And gentlemen, this is the first time ever that the Bengals and Steelers are playing in week one. So Wow. History, didn't know that. There you go. In That's Cincinnati, crazy. of all places, where we couldn't get a home opener for years, <laughs> and suddenly go to the Super Bowl. They give you home openers. Big division matchup here in Week One, and weird things happen in Week One. James, you mentioned wrinkles. There will be wrinkles on both sides. Both teams need to be ready to adapt and change their game plans from the first quarter on. The Steelers are going to head into Sunday as six and a half point underdogs, though. They have an over-under set at 44. There are sure to be some big plays in Cincy. Pairing up the Burrow Chase tandem could be mouthwatering for betters as well. The line is at 259 and a half passing yards and 72 and a half receiving. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson's health could make his 56 and a half receiving yard target pretty hard mark to reach, leaving room for rookie wideout George Pickens to clear 40 and a half receiving yards with ease. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I know personally, when I'm looking for positions, LinkedIn is one of the first places that I check to look for job opportunities. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The more things change, the more some other things stay the same. In the case of the NFC North, week one brings the ninth career matchup between two prominent signal callers. Aaron Rodgers looks to develop chemistry with a whole new wide receiver group after Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas. Kirk Cousins and his 4-3-1 head-to-head record with Aaron Rodgers will rely heavily on the familiar talents of Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and of course breakout rookie from last year, Justin Jefferson. Peter Bukowski and Luke Braun discuss the divisional bout if the vikings can steal this game then and i say steal but if they're one point dogs i mean one point home underdogs still kind of feels but to me this has felt like so insurmountable because this is the first game of a new scheme a new coach new everything people are still new to stuff people are still making mistakes people are still learning it's never that hot like unless you're you have aaron Rodgers just sort of winning games anyways which is what happened in 2019 (laughs) right there's always growing pains. 
And so I expect some growing pain. So I'm not nearly as bullish. I'm not very bullish on this Vikings team right now. And I'm okay with it. They, they've got a direction. They're going for it. But it's going to be a bit of a transition. It's going to be sloppy things. They're going to lose games they probably shouldn't lose. And I'm like, I've already made my peace with that. Um, but the defense, I think it's going to take some time for them to really gel because there's younger players, um, players that haven't played together, players without that chemistry. And, you know, they're relying right now, starting safety Cam Bynum. Um, starting corner Cam Dantzler. Jordan Hicks hasn't played here. Harrison Phillips hasn't played here. Um, I'm excited about how all those players go, but I understand this can take a little time to gel. So I actually kind of think Aaron Rodgers is going to go off in this one. Um, I've been putting him in all my all my prize picks lineups. Take the more on, on Rodgers and everybody, even without Devontae Adams. I think Aaron Jones could go off in this one. Um, I'm going to go with something like a 31-20. I don't think this game is actually going to be close. 31-20 Packers. I think that one-point line is insane. I think it's way too high on the Vikings. Um, and I think w- there's a lot of hype surrounding Kevin O'Connell, and I think that's appropriate. Sure. We all get hyped on the new head coach and where he can take the team. But Rome wasn't built in a day, and that kind of thing doesn't just kick in immediately. The Vikings have sold us on this idea that like the toxicity of Mike Zimmer was really the only problem. And if we just get rid of that and get in a kumbaya guy, everything will just sort of work out and be hunky-dory. And they have essentially behaved that way. Um, I, I need to see it to believe it. And honestly, up against the, the what top three defense in the league and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVP, this is not going to be the proving ground you're probably going to end up just licking your wounds and walking away from this one, even at home, even with the opener, even with all the hype and everything. So if the Vikings can steal this and surprise me, I will be stoked, but I'm going 31 20. I think Aaron Rodgers can toss three touchdowns in this game and it's over by the third quarter. So here's the caveat that I will add. I'm, I'm hedging a little bit because I'm with you. I think this line is too, it is too narrow a margin. Um, if you look at things like ESPN FPI or Massey Peabody or some of the other point-based models, they have the Packers as like five, even six points better than the Vikings on a neutral field. So like yeah. one is kind of silly. It should be probably should be like four, four and a half. Um, but I don't know who's playing offensive line. If if you told me Fair enough. Alton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were going to play, it's funny, as you were saying this, I was formulating it in my head before you said your score. If I was like, okay, if I know Alan Lazar, David Bakhtiari, and Alan Jenkins were going to play, I would say 31-20. And then you said 31-20, and I was just sort of like, okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page of this. But like, if they can't, if it is Yash Nyman and a a, a conglomerate of of guys on the right side, and then all of a sudden it's not Alan Lazar, it's Sammy Watkins and Romeo Dobbs has to do real stuff, like that gets me a little bit more concerned. Um, This is, to me, this comes down to if you can pass protect the Packers are going to win. And I think that's going to be true pretty much every week. Yeah. Like if the Packers can protect Aaron and for Rodgers, everybody always. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Rogers more than, than I would say like a Pat Mahomes or a Josh Allen, where you're just like, no, they'll figure it out because they can escape and they can, they can do things with their legs that Rogers just at this point in his career is not the same guy sure. moving and creating. And he doesn't have the time under tension with these young receivers. I was going to say the, the rookies are drills. not going to have that way right. that like Adams right. and had so, or go back to like Jordan. Or like you need to know what your hot is. You need to know like, hey, this is right now. It's on your body. Yeah. So that part of it is is why I think like yeah, if they've already and Jenkins are out there. Like I have I have no problem thinking the Packers are going to do what they did at US Bank last year. Um, but that's that's where I'm a little concerned here right now, just because of the uncertainty. I'm I'm building that in. If you if you I'm still taking the Packers 
on any money line. I'm still taking the Packers with the points, obviously, because it's only one. I've already put that bet in. Uh, so, I mean, that's <laughs> that's where we are on that I one. I put that in a month ago. <laughs> Uh, and so it's, it is, uh, the, the kind of thing that I think the next matchup between these two teams will give us a better idea to your point about the rust of where these two teams are actually headed this season, right? Yes. And that might not have great implications if the Viking season goes belly up certainly could. And I wouldn't even be that upset about it. Cause I understand that this, they've got a direction and they're marching toward it. Um, but by the time we get to that game, you know, that might not, but it will still be like a signal, this is one where I'm just kind of looking to stay in it and survive. Um, and that's also just I just uh, begrudging respect that I have for the Packers right now. They just look like they're going to be pretty good. And the Vikings have holes we're sort of hoping won't show up. Locked on bets is the coverage for the lines ahead of this matchup in Minnesota. Here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the Green Bay Packers minus the one point versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Green Bay Packers got absolutely thumped last year, opening weekend 38 to three to the New Orleans Saints. That was even with Devontae Adams in the lineup. And now we know he's gone to the Raiders. Their best two offensive linemen are questionable for this game and Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, how good has he been since he emerged on the scene and got drafted? Well, he's accumulated more receiving yards in his first two years than any other wide receiver in NFL history. He'll be even more productive here under new offensive-minded head coach Kevin O'Connell. I'm leaning the Minnesota Vikings plus the one point here over the Green Bay Packers. The wrong team is favored. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. The Raiders are going to head west this week to take on the Chargers, helmed by a man that is seeking a second chance at head coaching success. Raiders coach Josh McDaniels falls under that failed head coaching disciples of Bill Belichick line right now. He's going to look to make good, though, in Sin City as Derek Carr is reunited with his college wideout and top NFL receiving talent Devontae Adams. Justin Herbert has 69 career touchdowns in just two seasons in the NFL, but he also carries a losing record at 15 and 17. The Chargers are one of the most balanced football teams on both sides of the ball going into this season. The addition of Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson should help put away more games and hopefully put more wins on Herbert's tab. I don't know how much the Chargers played their starters in, in preseason. The Raiders didn't, right? They didn't. Yeah. You didn't see Derek Carr. You didn't see Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. Saw a little Nate Hobbs in the Hall of Fame game. Saw a little Trayvon Merrick a couple times here and there. Josh Jacobs was in the Hall of Fame game. But that was it. Yeah. So those are the starters, right? So how long does it take for them to get on the same page? Does that, you know, does are they a little slow out of the gates? You know, so there's a lot that goes into this week one matchup where I believe the next time that the Raiders and Chargers play, it's going to be a lot more, okay, I know what this sure. team is going to look like. I know what this team is going to look like. This week, I'm really not 100% sure. Now, I'll say this, and <laughs> it's not me trying to, I don't know, I don't know, just be cocky or whatever. I just... Sure. For some reason, this week, I've gone into this week feeling pretty comfortable that the Raiders could go into SoFi and get a victory. But, man, I mean, everything's got to go right, right? That offensive yeah. line's got to come together. Uh, they got to protect the ball. You know, they've got to be able to cash in in the red zone. So, uh, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. What I learned about Patrick Graham 
in the defense so far, at least what I believe I learned, is that they find a way to stop a, a team in the in the red zone from getting a touchdown at least once. You know, not 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 all the time. They don't shut sure. guys out, but at least once. And that's something that the Raiders didn't do last season. Under Gus Bradley, they were the worst team red zone defense-wise. They were the worst team in the league. They were dead last, right? So, I mean, every time you got to the red zone, guess what? You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, and you get a touchdown. It's like <laughs> Oprah was handing those damn things out, right? I mean, everyone uh... was getting a touchdown. So I think that that's going to be eliminated a little bit. So I expect the score to, of this game to be a little bit lower. So if I had to pick a score and, and I'm just going to roll with the Raiders getting a victory because that's kind of what my guts felt like all week, I'm going to say 26 to 20. I think that there's going to be one time uh, or maybe even two times that the the Chargers will have to kick field goals instead of settle for uh, a touchdown. So I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 27 20. Let's go with that final score and the Raiders drive back to Vegas or fly back to Vegas and and they're in a good mood. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna miss unlocked on Chargers like the staple keynote for both the games last year, which is just like the Raiders give up like a hundred percent touchdown rate once you get into the red zone. So it's like yes. just make it to the red zone, key to the yep. game, get in the red zone. Gus Bradley will take care of the rest. Yep. Yeah, I mean that is huge, and I think especially with how good these teams are, right, and what the margin you know for error is for a team even like the Chargers who added a ton of talent, like a couple of red zone stops do win you games in this right. league, right? Making a team lose four points like that and or whatever the case is. I mean, I know going into this one, there's no way I want it left up to Daniel Carlson's leg. I mean, that's that's my whole goal. Don't leave it up to that dude in the clutch right. to, you know, kick a field goal to tie or to win the game. And so I think the Chargers need to make it so that it isn't that, right? So I think right. for me, I'm making this, with the assumption that JC Jackson's not going to play that that's kind of, I mean, I that's think it's I close to just for the record. I did sure. that too. So that was part of the reason why the Raiders scored 27. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that's because I think it is close to 50, 50. It was weird. Cause Staley today was kind of like, I'm not going to confirm he's not going to play, but it's like, there's so much gamesmanship and it's like, right. what does he have to gain from telling the Raiders that JC Jackson's not going to play? Right. He has exactly. nothing to gain from that. He has yep. everything incentive to keep it close to the vest. That being said, I, I if I had to lean one way, I'd say he wasn't going to play because especially if he's already getting back on the field, if they want to try to ramp him up from that Thursday night game, I'm not saying you should look over the Raiders by any means, but you definitely don't want to rush him back and then lose him for KC anyways, right? right. Or lose him, for, restart yeah. the two to four week process, which is what it's already been right now because he can't really re-injure anything or re-aggravate it because it wasn't a real injury. It was taking out something that was like an unnecessary bone or something, but you could reopen the wound, right? And now right. it's another two to four weeks. That being said, I think the Chargers do give up more than I would hope from their new defense this year. That's a little bit sad. But I do think the Chargers end up pulling it off because I do think the offense, that's the great thing about this team, returning every offensive starter for the most part. And it's hard to argue they got worse at any starting position this year. Then you have, you know, hopefully steps from a guy like Josh Palmer and steps from even Rashawn Slater in this offensive line. I'm going to say the Chargers do what they want offensively against a, a, question, a secondary that still has some question marks with the Raiders. Yep. I'm going to say 31 27 for the Chargers in this one. Oh, okay. Close game right there. Nice little shootout for week one action. Even four like, points. I don't want to, I don't want to feel goal to tie it. That's why right, it's 31 right. 27. I'm not mad at that. And look, I mean, it, it very well easily could be a shootout like that, you know. And and I think that the Raiders definitely don't want it to be a right. shootout like that. I think that they want, like I mentioned earlier, to be able to uh make the Chargers settle for field goals a couple times in the it's game like and, fast, yeah. and do what they do. And, and again, I think JC Jackson being out is is or if he's out and, and you know, I'm just going on the assumption that he is. I think that's a big factor. So that's that's kind of where I'm leaning and, and think that Devontae Adams uh, starts to show who Devontae Adams is. And it's like pick your poison. Now we're gonna get an inside look from Bet Online for all of the action. 
This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Raiders and Chargers in week one of NFL action. Here's Drew Butler, Jonathan Casillas, and Anthony Becht. Everybody's fired up about the AFC West in 2022. So let's start. The Raiders heading out to LA to take on the Chargers. Anthony, the Chargers are three-point favorites. Yeah, I like the home team here. Herbert, 5,000 yards plus last season. Only two quarterbacks, him and Brady. Look, I like the additions the Raiders have made. Devontae Adams is going to be great with Carr, but I'm going to lean to the uh, Chargers in this game with the points. Yeah, I think this Fresno State reunion between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, I think is going to be too much for the Chargers to handle. So I'm going with the, with the dog Raiders. Chargers are close. There's no doubt about it. Last year in one-score games at home, they were not very good. I think they pick up the pace in that category in 2022. I like the Chargers at home. Lay the three points. Thanks, guys. Get Raiders, Chargers, and all of your NFL action at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we know, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your online sports gambling needs. With college and professional football back in action, that's where you need to head to get in on odds, props, parlays, whatever you're interested in. Just head over to Bet Online. Net, bet online. It's where the game starts. Fresh off a mid-training camp break, ageless wonder Tom Brady takes the buck into Big D on Sunday night for that prime time tilt. Both Brady and his quarterback counterpart, Dak Prescott, will enter the season behind really shaky offensive lines. There is some talent on the defensive side of the ball for both teams, though. Prescott will have everything in his corner as he tries to carve up that Bucks D, remaining a top regular season quarterback, even after losing Amari Cooper to Cleveland. Tom Brady hopes to read Julio Jones career for at least one last run and perhaps another Super Bowl ring. Here are Marcus Mosier and David Harrison to break this one down. As the opposing team, as the away team, David, why you go first? Uh, what's your thoughts on this game and who wins and why? Yeah, so as of right now, or at least as the last time I checked, these lines are always moving, right? And we'll see how the injury reports start to play into this. But last time I checked on betonline.net, the Buccaneers are two and a half point mm-hmm. favorites. I like that line because I think this game is going to be very, very competitive uh i do we'll get into this more when we get to the nfc east conversations right but i do think the cowboys kind of came back down uh to earth a little bit this offseason but i don't think again i don't think anything is going to tank them you know to to a to an extreme uh amount that some people maybe think the dallas cowboys are going to fall off this year but i do still think the buccaneers come away with the win i take the over but barely i think it's 27 24 maybe it's 30 to 27 not not too dissimilar from last year's score to be quite honest with you in the beginning of the seasons, we always see the defense take a little bit more time to catch up to the offenses. So I think you will have more than 24 points on each side, or at least bare minimum 24 points. So I like a field goal spread between the winner and the loser of this game, but I do have the Buccaneers winning by three. So officially I'll go 27, 24 Tampa Bay. All right. My lockdown Cowboy listeners are not going to love this prediction. <laughs> I don't kind of just don't get the feeling that this game is going to be particularly close. Like I think the Cowboys offense is going to be very clunky out of the gate dealing with, you know, a a new left tackle who never took a snap at left tackle in the preseason or training camp at all. Uh, You've got a new starter at left guard, a new full-time starter at right tackle. The Cowboys number two receiver is going to be Noah Brown, a career backup. The number three is probably Simi Fahoku, who has never caught a pass in an NFL game before. Like, there's just going to be stretches, David, in this game, but the Cowboys offense doesn't do anything. Like, they yeah. could have multiple straight drives where it's three and out. Um, and that has me a little bit concerned because we know with Tom Brady, right? Like, you punt the ball back to him two or three straight times in a row. 
Bucks are going to come away with points. And I don't trust the Cowboys special teams unit. It's one of the worst special teams units in the NFL. I could see this game getting away from them a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing I would say is the Cowboys defense, I, I think they're going to keep them in a lot of games. Like yeah. we've seen them last year against good opponents. Like they can control the line of scrimmage. The defensive backs are pretty good. I think they'll allow them to hang around, but I kind of like like a 27 17 type of game here. Yeah, Buccaneers fans would love that type of type of an outcome, Marcus. And you know what? I'm always happy to let the the other hosts of these crossovers be a little bit more down about their team. I'm always I'm always okay being a little bit higher on the opposition. But you know, let's be honest. And, and Mike Debate of Locked On Patriots can can attest to this. Tom Brady lets you do that a little bit. Tom Brady lets you come in and kind of take the humble route uh, and not be too brash. And then when you know when things go your way, hopefully. Uh, things things can get a little bit more more bolsterous at the end or than during the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, like you said, you, I mean, you, you laid it out there perfectly. I hope your listeners actually appreciate what you just said, because it means they're going to get honest and they're going to get upfront coverage all season long of the Dallas Cowboys. And as a football fan myself, that's what I want for people. The people I listen to outside of our network, because, you know, I love the Locked On Network, mm-hmm. but the guys I listen to outside the network, the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, the Bucky Brooks's and, and guys like that. I listen to them because they give it to you straight. They don't sugarcoat anything. They don't try to dress it up to be more. They don't church it up, as, as we like to say. Yep. They give it to you straight. And, and I appreciate what you say. Uh, I'm sure your listeners are hoping that my Dak Prescott football IQ permission kind of yes. comes to fruition a little bit. Better. Well, I would also say, just like last year, like the Cowboys can lose this game. And yep. you can still be really excited about like the way Absolutely. that the team is trending. Like we saw last year, like... Dak looked healthy and he was, he played well and the defense held up for the most part against Tom Brady. As long as it's something like that. And it's not one of these, Hey, it's a 38 to 10 massacre in Dallas. Like week one has never meant less in the NFL, right? With a 17 game schedule. Like it's it's just not that big of a deal. Unless you're Carson Wentz going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week one means nothing. Uh, listen, anytime that we can dunk on Carson Wentz in this podcast, we, we will do it. So, all right, let's recap uh, this episode so far, David. We think the biggest matchup for both sides of the ball, and the biggest storyline for both of these teams, is on the offensive line, right? A lot of new pieces for the Cowboys, three new interior offensive linemen for the Buccaneers. Certainly something worth keeping an eye on. We're also checking out the uh, the wide receiver cornerback matchup on both sides. I'm really interested to see Mike Evans against Trevon Diggs. That's an all-pro versus a, a Pro Bowl receiver. Should be a lot of fun. And then for the Cowboys, I've got them losing a tough game here in week one, 27-17. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this game is closer than what I think. But uh, that's what I've got for the Cowboys side of things. What about for the Bucks? Yeah, like you said, I mean, the biggest storyline, obviously protecting Tom Brady with that new interior offensive line and those new pieces, and especially uh, rookie Luke Gedeke, like how is he going to do against that Dallas Cowboys pass rush? And if if I'm the Dallas Cowboys defense coordinator, I'm bringing all kinds of exotic movement to that rookie guard to see if I can take advantage of that. And then not only the receivers, but the tight ends. I mean, first and foremost, we had to find out which receivers Tom Brady's even going to have to throw to. I'm sure he knows a little bit better than those of us on the outside do at this point in time. Uh, but then the tight ends, can they force the Dallas Cowboys to kind of back off a little bit, play a little bit less aggressive by attacking the middle of that field and also uh, being effective there in the run game as blockers and and all those things. And then, yeah, finally, 
I do have the Buccaneers winning, so we agree on that, which, I mean, look, if if some of TV history kind of repeats itself, when 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 all the quote-unquote experts agree, we tend to be wrong. So maybe Cowboys fans can find some solace in that, but I've got the Bucs covering the spread, winning by a field goal, or a little bit more than that uh, to kick off the season, Sunday night football, week one, and, you know, it's, it's uh, the start to a very long season, and perhaps, Marcus, a, a playoff preview uh, between be these two teams. Bet Online is here to break down this Sunday night NFL tilt. This is Bet Online All Access. This weekend, we'll see Bucks Cowboys in week one of NFL action. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. It's Sunday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Anthony, the Cowboys are one and a half point home dogs. Yeah, I'm going to pay for this not leaning towards Tom Brady because he always gets me on the back end. But, man, I like I like the home dog here. I, I like the Cowboys. Uh, they have some problems up front of the tackle position, but Dak Prescott's prime for a big season. I'm going to go with the dogs here in the Cowboys. Anthony, you said it, man. I can't go against the goal, man. I can't go against Tom Brady. You know, adding Julio Jones with, with Godwin, hopefully he's healthy. And then Mike Evans, an eight-time straight 1,000-yard receiver. I think there's going to be too much to handle for Dallas. A lot of pressure here for Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. I love a primetime home dog, so give me the Cowboys plus the one and a half. Thanks, guys. Get Bucks, Cowboys, and all of your NFL action at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving on in life can always be difficult, but Russell Wilson does not seem to be looking in the rearview mirror. There is not much love lost between Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, but as John Elway once again tries to capture some Peyton Manning-type magic, Pete Carroll is going to attempt to prove that no one player is bigger than the sum of the parts. Corbin Smith and Cody Rourke discuss the Week 1 matchup that just maybe could be an upset in the making. From a Lockdown Broncos perspective, we've talked about Russell Wilson being the main storyline, returning to where it all began, to a team where he helped bring a Super Bowl to the forefront for the Seattle Seahawks. Various NFC Championship appearances, two Super Bowl appearances as well. But for the most part, the Broncos and Russell Wilson have to come in in their first snaps on the offensive side of the ball of the entire new league year. Can they get things rolling offensively? Can they establish the run early on with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Can they play turnover free football can they protect the football is a huge thing and more importantly can they protect Russell Wilson which that's been one of the questions throughout his career especially in Seattle Corbin knows this as well the amount of times that Russell Wilson was sacked sometimes he holds on to the ball a little too long but that's part of his game and can he overcome some of those things in a brand new offensive scheme against some familiar faces that do know a little bit about Russell Wilson and for the defensive side of the ball we're looking at key matchups with Randy Gregory Bradley Chubb Baron Browning against Seattle's rookie off offensive tackles that's a key matchup that we have our eyes on as well with Russell Wilson trying to figure out how to target you know a secondary in the passing attack with Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams that's the lockdown Broncos perspective to recap things for lockdown Seahawks viewers or listeners Corbin what do we talk about as you mentioned familiarity is going to be the main word going to this game and as I hit on earlier in the show Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson you've got the teacher versus the student here first time that they have been foes for the last decade they've been working together they won a lot of football games they won a super bowl for nfc west championships they know each other inside and out so the real question is who has the advantage there at least in this season opener maybe in this case with russell wilson not having played any snaps for the denver broncos maybe the advantage leans a little bit towards pete carroll or it might be one of those cases where 
you know what? Russell Wilson knows Pete Carroll to a T. He knows what he wants to do defensively. He knows the players out there. He practiced against them. So he comes out roaring 180 miles an hour, puts up a couple quick touchdowns, and suddenly this game gets out of hand. So that's the biggest storyline for the Seahawks going into this game, in my estimation, is can they find a way to neutralize Russell Wilson? How, how does Pete Carroll's knowledge, the knowledge from the defense in general that have played with Russell Wilson, that have practiced with him, who has the advantage there? Because that very well may tilt who ends up winning this football game. And from a matchup perspective, to me, the Seahawks on defense, they've got to find a way to get some pressure on Russell Wilson, limit his ability to extend plays. That's on Daryl Taylor, Uchenna Nuosu, and Boye Mafe going against Denver's tackles. Garrett Bulls is very good, but we don't know who's going to start a right tackle. And regardless, they're going to have to deal with Daryl Taylor, which that's going to be a problem for right tackles around the league this year. So if Seattle can get some pressure there on an offense, they can generate a few big plays from Geno Smith to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That gives them a very good shot to hang in this game and maybe pull off the Monday night football upset, which that certainly would ruin Russell Wilson's homecoming coming back to the Pacific Northwest. Once again, here's Locked On Bets with Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the Denver Broncos game where they're favored by six and a half points over the Seattle Seahawks. Now, obviously, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, that's the feature story here to face his old team. But don't overlook that supporting cast, running back Javante Williams. He is a kid that is just coming into his own. And the playmaking wide receivers led by Jerry Judy. New Seattle quarterback, Geno Journeyman Smith. He's going to have some problems here in this game. He's got two rookie offensive tackles. Can you say lookout blocks here? And also, no Bobby Wagner on defense. He has moved on in free agency to the LA Rams. Uh, I'm predicting the Denver Broncos here by double digits and a blowout. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Week one in the NFL is always a celebration of the return of football. There's a full slate of exciting matchups and no shortage of intriguing narratives. 2022 is poised to be one of the best seasons yet. Each and every week, we will continue to bring you all of the insights and analysis from across the Locked On Network. I'm Kainani Stevens, and this has been NFL Keep Fictions. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit scores safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. 
The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.